0: An Ontario snitch line is encouraging people to narc on social assistance recipients. An investigation into the Prince Albert police is not being released to the public, at least not yet. The Alberta energy regulator is worried about copycats blowing up a pipeline after watching that new movie. American trains regularly sit on tracks, cutting communities in half and leading, in some cases, to death. And more than 100 bodies have been found in two spots on the coast of the Mediterranean. Good morning. It's Thursday. April 27th. I'm Nora and here are your headlines. We start this morning in Ontario. Press Progress is reporting that the government of Ontario has set up a snitch line for people to call in and rat on social assistance users for breaking the rules. Calls into the line are anonymous. Mitchell-Thompson reports that the line is specifically seeking information about spouses or children of social assistance recipients. Informants or NARCs are asked to provide information about the person's name, address, date of birth, phone number, and the names of the person's spouse or children. The tips are then shared with ministry investigators. Then, a caseworker is expected to monitor the fraud and follow up with police if there is a criminal investigation. Oh boy, did you get all of that? This is all for people who receive social assistance from the province. This is an incredible breach of people's privacy, obviously. As someone who has been investigated by child services thanks to an anonymous complaint, I know how easy it is to find yourself in the middle of an investigation with no knowledge of who or why someone made the complaint. Trevor Manson from the ODSP Action Coalition said that people who receive ODSP, quote, are very much in the dark, unquote, about who is accessing their personal information and why. The information about children and spouses is especially concerning as their income can sometimes disqualify individuals for ODSP, even though there's no legal requirement for a spouse to actually share their income, unless you know, people are getting divorced. Social assistance considers two adults who live together for more than three months to be in a, quote, marriage-like relationship, unquote, reports Thompson. This obviously jeopardizes many people who live with roommates and who receive ODSP. It's also worth noting that that's totally not what the law says, that if you do live with someone in a common law relationship after three years, you're considered married, not after three months, and not if you're living in a, marriage-like relationship. In the case of children, even children's part-time minimum wage jobs could be counted against a parent's ODSP. Some people have to decide whether or not it's worth losing their support income if their child decides to pick up a part-time job. One of those stories is featured in Thompson's article. Next, we're going back to Prince Albert and a report into the operation of their local police force, the PAPS. In February 2022, baby Trevor Brass died. His mother was fleeing domestic violence and the paps intervened in a call to their home. They ended up taking her into custody and hours later the paps were called back to the same home because a child homicide had been reported. Tanner's father was charged. That event triggered an investigation by the Federation of Sovereign Indigenous Nations and other Indigenous leaders who found, quote, grave concerns alleging gross negligence and or criminal negligence and systemic racism, unquote, reports NBC News. When police first showed up that night, rather than recognizing that Tanner's mother was experiencing domestic violence, she was instead arrested for being intoxicated. Police ignored her pleas for help and did not check on baby Tanner the FSIN found in their investigation that Tanner's mother was not intoxicated and had told the police that Tanner was likely in danger. Now, it's not clear whether or not this or any of the other two deaths in custody were what triggered the investigation. The report into the operations of the PAPS has not been released, and the Ministry of Corrections, Policing and Public Safety has said that it does not intend to release the report's findings. But Corrections and Policing Minister Christine Tell is considering releasing the report. It sounds like some folks should probably send Minister Tell some emails and convince her to do the right thing. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense that this report wouldn't be released. The Paps have refused to comment. Next to Alberta. Man, Alberta, I feel like you're taking up too much space on this podcast. I guess it probably warrants it considering the tar sands and all, but sorry, folks, I'll try to do better next time, but not today. Today, I cannot resist telling you this story, which is from Alberta. The Alberta Energy Regulator has been in the news a lot recently, as you might know or recall from previous episodes, mostly for not doing what they are supposed to be doing when it comes to reporting and monitoring tar sands related leaks but now they're in the news because they're afraid that the new movie called how to blow up a pipeline might inspire others to try and figure out how to blow up a pipeline because of the movie the regulator announced quote-unquote additional measures at pipeline sites to respond to any quote-unquote violent activism reports cbc's katerina schulch katerina i'm really sorry if that's not how your name is pronounced I have to say, I'm not sure about the choice to use the term violent activism there. It isn't in scare quotes in the article. So that one seems to be coming from the CBC and not from the regulator. But remember that violence against objects that don't like house and protect humans, not really violence. Let's be clear. Anyway, the regulator accused the film of, quote, promoting violent actions, unquote, and that the movie and book it's based on, quote, should not be taken lightly. Schulz clarifies that there is no tips in the movie for how to actually blow up a pipeline. That seems kind of important that if you watch this movie, you might be inspired to blow up a pipeline, but you're actually not taught how to blow up a pipeline. It, quote, rather suggests direct action against oil infrastructure from activists is necessary to make change in climate policy, unquote. Hmm. Yes. Yes. A group called the Canadian Energy Centre had actually petitioned against the film. Good old free speech, eh? Weird that none of these organizations have the word baby in their names. Next, I want to highlight an in-depth report from ProPublica. It covers the problem of trains sitting on tracks for really long periods of time and separating towns in half. With a lot of attention right now on train derailments in the United States, this other issue hasn't gotten so much attention. These trains force people to either go around them, turn around, or go across them. This is particularly dangerous for the many children who have to climb across these trains to get to and from school. The ProPublica feature tells the story of Lemira Sampson. When she comes across one of these trains, she has to decide. Will she keep her son home from school? She does sometimes. Will they walk more than a mile out of the way to get past the train? Or will they chance it and try to climb over the train? Their school is just four blocks away. The problem with climbing over the train is that it's extremely dangerous. Trains can start without notice. Lax regulation has led to trains being longer and longer, making this issue even more serious. Sometimes these trains block intersections for hours, and sometimes it's for days. And it isn't just children climbing over these trains that is a problem. Ambulances are often stymied by them and patients have died as a result. Firefighters have had the same problem and pedestrians have been dismembered, disfigured or killed by these trains. One teenager in Pennsylvania lost her leg as she ran home to get ready for prom. And then there are more mundane problems related to this. The article talks to one teacher who says that because of delayed trains, Her students are late multiple times per week. In her school, 86% of the kids are either Black or Latino, and they qualify for free or reduced meals at school. Therefore, getting to school on time also means getting fed it's so interesting. While I was writing this and then reading this script, I had in my mind a memory of being blocked by a train and I couldn't remember where I was. I remember my partner was with me and we were in a car. And it actually came to me just as I was reading that last paragraph. We were not in Canada. We were in the United States. We were in Orange County. And a train had completely blocked access for us to leave the neighborhood in Orange County where we were staying to get to the airport. We were actually worried that it was going to stop us from getting to the airport on time. So there it is. I guess I've experienced this little crisis. Uh, the article goes on to talk to Pete Buttigieg about all the ways that the Federal Transportation Authority can make this better and then all the reasons for why train companies like Norfolk Southern are resisting these changes. I really encourage you to read it. It It's a wonderful piece of journalism that honestly will make you sad that we have so little of it in Canada. And finally, at least 57 bodies have been found off the coast of Western Libya on Tuesday. Some of the bodies that were recovered were bodies of children. This happened after two boats sank in the Mediterranean. The migrants were from Pakistan, Syria, Tunisia, and Egypt. Democracy Now! has a quote from Bassem Mahmoud, one of the people who survived, saying that There had been an argument on board with the driver of the boat. There was too much weight shifting around on board at once and it caused his boat to sink. Infuriatingly, sadly, enragingly, that's not all. The remains of another 70 people were found off the coast of Tunisia. Local officials there have said that the morgues are full due to the rising number of migrant drownings of people trying to get to Europe for safety. Those are your headlines for Thursday, April 27th. I'm Nora. And don't forget, you like the podcast? Get your friends to like it. Spread it around. Share the love. I'm sure they'll thank you. I'll talk to you tomorrow.